0: Hey, hey, homesteaders, and welcome to the Mini Farm Podcast, where we discuss all things related to urban homesteading. I am your host, Tani Fan. Today we are doing a segment called Ask a Homesteader, where I get to hang with a fellow homesteader and chat about different topics to help broaden our skills and knowledge. My guest today is a friend and fellow homesteader. Welcome, Nick, to the Mini Farm Podcast.
1: Oh my gosh, Tony! Thank you so much. I've never been called a homesteader before, um, so I'm really excited. I don't. I hope I can bring something to uh, all your listeners. Maybe I hope.
0: Of course, I'm expecting there are a lot of new homesteaders out there. So we're on this journey together. So thank and it you. it is a
1: journey. It absolutely is a journey. I, I remember back where I started, which was a tomato plant in a Home Depot bucket. So this is going to be quite exciting, I think, to talk about and share some different ideas.
0: Absolutely. Well, we all start somewhere. And that tomato in that bucket was obviously memorable. So let me ask you this silly question to start <laughs> off. Okay. What would your profile read if you were on a dating site that connected homesteaders?
1: (laughs) Um, Is this a family podcast, (laughs) Tani? It would say something about having to get get down and dirty because uh, you always get dirty when you're out working in the yard.
0: yes, Yes. Something
1: like that. Something about getting dirty double innuendo or whatever they call it.
0: I'm right there with you. I'm down with getting dirty as well. In (laughs) fact, in the homesteading world and in the gardening world, I would say getting dirty is like, I don't know, the dirt manicure. That's what I'm thinking of.
1: The dirt manicure. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) The dirt manicure. And it never seems to go away, especially around the cuticles, right?
0: Yes, correct. It's kind of like, I should probably put some gardening gloves on. But at this point, My hands are already dirty. Let's just go with it.
1: Isn't that funny when you just start out, like when you go outside and you're only going to be out there for 10 minutes and the next thing you know, you've uprooted a plant or planted something or moved something. And it's just, you ruin your clothes and your, your nails, just that 10 minutes easily turns into an hour.
0: Oh yes. That's called garden time. It's like light, (laughs) it's like light speed. It's just like, whoa, I really walked out here to do one thing. And it ended up, oh, I see that. I should do that. And you just walk around. And before you know it, you're right. It's like 20, 30, 40 minutes.
1: I love that garden time. I've never heard that. I'm going to have to use that uh, when I get in trouble for being outside too long.
0: Yes. Now, there's I would actually think of garden time in two different ways. There's garden time as in how much time we spend in the garden and how quickly that goes but then there's the garden time where you're like sitting around waiting for your plants to grow. And that's like the complete opposite. It's like, it's in slow motion. (laughs) Like, Hey, I planted you two days ago. Why have you not germinated?
1: Exactly. Right. I know. Hurry up and produce something, you know, and it's so beautiful. Like that first batch when the dirt is smooth and dark and it's freshly watered and you just want it to grow and you watch it every day, and then all of a sudden, everything happens, and it takes over your whole life.
0: Yes, that is a hobby, just watching your stuff grow. Now, (laughs) it's funny you say that, because as as a new gardener, or as somebody like me, I've been gardening for over 10 years, I think we still all do the same thing, like hurry up and grow. Why haven't you (laughs) sprouted yet? And looking at them as if looking at them is going to cause them to snap into action. Like, okay, I better start doing something. They're watching me. So
1: absolutely. And you have to go out there every day and check on it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That doesn't seem to go away. (laughs) So just out of curiosity, I did introduce you as being a fairly new homesteader. Um, So what's your homesteading journey been thus far?
1: Well, I think it really just focuses on the garden. Um, I've always been obsessed with growing things, whether it's plants or um, tomatoes. And you know, that's really what got me started was growing my own tomatoes. Uh, the grocery store tomatoes just don't taste good at all. And prior to us buying a house, we always lived in apartments. And we were really lucky that this old place that we used to live, it had a rooftop patio. And you could get up there and sit out there and they had like patio furniture and stuff. And so it allowed for kind of an urban container garden. And I started my my journey there, like I said, with a couple Home Depot buckets and a tomato plant. Um, everything died. I think I got one tomato that year. And you just either you're a glutton for punishment or you dig in. Um, and then, you know, depending on where we've lived and then now uh, we're lucky enough that we have a backyard and I've dedicated a small portion of that to, uh, to gardening and I have uh, planter boxes and that's how I
0: do my gardening. So when you say planter boxes, are, did you create like a raised bed garden space? Correct,
1: yes, we um, dug up the grass in one area and we have, I'm just rebuilt, rebuilt them actually, um, two, four, six planter boxes um, of varying sizes. We have two five by twos, two three by twos, and two two by twos. And so that also has been part of the journey is learning how to use a saw and going to buy wood and building your own boxes rather than paying A fortune at one of the the retail stores where you know they'll they'll uh, they have them for you already made and you just have to assemble them but the cost is just really prohibitive for something like that and it's just a simple box so i i recently purchased my first uh saw and i've started making my own
0: so it really sounds to me like your homesteading journey is more than just gardening now because then garden (laughs) turned into Uh, learning how to work with wood and build things.
1: I guess when you put it that way, yes, it's turned into minor carpentry. Um, And now my famous phrase is, you know, I could build that, although I cannot build that. And it's funny because one of my boxes that I I just absolutely love the new ones, it's completely crooked, but I don't think I'm going to fix it because it was my first one that I made on my own. And it'll remind me, you know, that it's a journey. And I think that's one of the things about gardening that I actually really love is it teaches you patience and that it doesn't have to be right the first time. In fact, it probably won't be right the first time, uh, especially when it comes to growing your own food.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, you brought up something really interesting is that certain hobbies can be cost prohibitive. And A lot of times people get into gardening with the intention of being able to grow their own food so that maybe they wouldn't have to purchase food at the grocery store. We think about the farmer's market when you want maybe some organic food, but that's really expensive as well because I find when I go to the farmer's market, it's almost double the cost of produce if I were to go to um, just the grocery store, right? Right. So yes. Then as a new gardener trying to get into this hobby, did how, how do you kind of balance that idea of like cost and making it so that it's affordable, but still being able to dabble and continue on in that, like what kind of problem solving, uh, what, what solutions did you come up with so that you could (laughs) be part of this journey still?
1: Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I would, I would say, and I, I say it tongue in cheek, but also, you know, it's true, therapy, because it, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And I think um, my advice for someone new to this would be start small and do what you can. It's really easy, I think, um, especially if you're on, you know, social media, it's really easy to look at people who have been doing this for years you know, maybe even the TLC mini farm and say, I want that, which is a great goal, but you're not going to get that in your first season or even maybe your fifth season. And so I think um, it can be very uh, costly, but if you start small, uh, you know, with one or two plants or a simple Home Depot bucket, it will create, I think, the passion that you want for it. And then it just keeps self-propelling, so that would be the thing I think that keeps me going is knowing that it's never done, and it's never perfect, and so you just keep trying and keep trying. But it teaches you patience, and it's very therapeutic to be outside and have something that um, you know you you try so hard, and sometimes it doesn't work, and other times it does, and it's the most amazing feeling when you. Bring things in and it's farm to table. And you're like, I did that. I I made that. I grew that. And it's a, a great feeling.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting connection because I think about then we talked about cost and then we talked about garden therapy. It's probably cheaper to do garden therapy than to have a real therapist that you have oh, to absolutely. go and see. So
1: absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think when you, you know, I think too, like I said, you know, starting small. My, I would say go with something you want to grow. So for me, it was tomatoes. You know, tomatoes, you can buy a, a plant at one of the, the box retailers for three fifty dollars and a bag of soil and see what happens. So it doesn't have to be this big, massive urban farm. Um, start with something small that you like. I mean, even if you wanted to go bigger than that, a salsa garden where you grew tomatoes and some peppers and maybe a cilantro, which grows like a weed. So just start with the things that you like so it doesn't become more work and it doesn't become a chore. Otherwise, it's it takes all the fun out of it and you're not going to like it and it won't help anybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. And starting off small also allows you to be able to experiment and then learn. So when you do make a mistake or let's just say you set up your garden in a way where it was just in the wrong spot in your yard. It wasn't getting enough sun. You can work all that out. You can work out the kinks and try something different the next season um, and learn about pest control in a very small setting, as opposed to having like all your (laughs) tomatoes wiped out because you have 20 tomatoes and you've got those gnarly green horned caterpillars on every single one. Right.
1: Exactly. And you know, Yes, I think that's a really good point is um, it allows you to control a lot of the variables um, without really surrendering control. You know, nature is still going to give back and challenge you, but you're right. It absolutely allows you to control things like soil or, you know, you brought up the tomato worms, man, those things can ravage your entire crop overnight and you didn't even realize what happened.
0: Yeah. One minute you had a tomato plant with lots (laughs) of beautiful green lush leaves. And then all of a sudden you walk out and it's just a bunch of stems. It's a
1: stick. (laughs) And there's a big fat worm on it that, uh,
0: the size of your finger.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I can't tell you how many times as a a new gardener, I, I mean, I'm used to them at this point for the most part, but man, It. I would actually just kind of work around the plant and all of a sudden see one and I I think I would probably jump a good one to two feet away from the plant just instinctively (laughs) like "Ah, what the heck is that
1: especially when your finger goes across it you know um but in addition to those you know it's it can be so frustrating too because especially I think for you know um I know you do and and myself, I don't want to do pesticides. And so all of a sudden, your plant is infested with aphids or something. And it's so tempting to want to spray it with something. But at the same time, you really just it defeats the purpose. And you don't want to the whole point of growing your own food is that you're not consuming that. And so as much as you know, the hookworms or whatever they're called, you know, um, are frustrating, they also bring, bring that element of I must be doing something right because this thing is here.
0: Yes, y- it's competing with you. It wants to eat your yummy Don't garden goodies. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So you you did mention as a new gardener, uh, learning and trial and error. So what are some things that you found as uh, really challenging as a new gardener? What are some things that you can kind of think of that you really struggled with in your initial Uh, part of the journey?
1: Well, you brought up um, placement. I think that's really key um, is learning just where things grow. And I think one of the other things that I, I really struggled with is, you know, just accepting the fact that sometimes things don't grow and it's okay. You know, I think I had this idea that as soon as I put a zucchini in the ground, it, you know, I had read all these things that zucchinis are prolific producers and you could give them away to everybody. And my zucchini plant produced one. And I didn't understand. I still don't know why. I don't know what, you know, and I would get out there and I would hand pollinate and I would try and I, I don't know. And so I think, um, you know, it just it's always learning. And that's the part that can be frustrating, but also so rewarding, too, you um, is, is that idea that no matter what you do, uh, sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it doesn't. And you have to be okay with that. But I think that's part of the excitement of backyard gardening and eventually homesteading, like what you're doing.
0: Yeah, so this episode is called Ask a Homesteader. <laughs> so I'm the homesteader at this point you
1: are the homesteader right
0: yeah. and we're, we're working together on this journey of learning and growing so do you have any questions in the sense of like knowing some things that you struggled with in the past with setting up your garden and of course there are some things you've learned but maybe there are still some things that are kind of like perplexing and, and you're still trying to work that out. So.
1: Yeah. I want to know the time. I want to know how you find the time. Like what advice do you have for somebody who works, you know, long days and wants a a nice garden that they can maybe share a little bit with friends? Um, How do you find the time to maintain it? And, and how do you schedule that in?
0: So I have to think of our urban homestead as a hobby. And when I think of it that way, for me, a hobby is doing something that I enjoy. It should be garden therapy. It shouldn't be something that stresses me out because then it's not a hobby. Then it becomes work. And for you and I understanding kind of as, as urban homesteaders or urban gardeners, that our garden is not the primary source for our food or for providing for our families. We know that, of course, we can harvest and have that farm-to-table experience or garden-to-table experience. And that's more for, I'd say, satisfaction, right? Like just a sense of accomplishment. Yes. So I really feel like the balance for me is... I do what I can when I have the time and there are parts of the year that I let the garden go just because I can't get out there. I don't have the time to check for pests. I don't, I might be behind schedule with, um, sowing seeds or, um, I'm just not harvesting at the peak point and I just have to be okay with that. Because I just keep reminding myself that our urban homestead, our garden, at this juncture for a lot of us, is something that we're doing for fun. And yeah, so you know, that's
1: have- such good advice. I think I didn't mean to interrupt you. That is such no. good advice, though, because um, you're right. You know, it's 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 so easy to to make it all consuming that you're going to feed your entire family off of your bumper crop from your backyard when really. Um, that's not how it works. And so to just keep it as a hobby and fun. And if something, you know, gets away from you, it's okay that it gets away from you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, I think one of my biggest challenges is harvesting at the peak because things may Be ready to harvest. And I just don't have the time to A, go out there and do some, like grab them and harvest them and then B, do something with it. There's like a a tight window of time sometimes of giving them away, uh, processing them in terms of food preservation, freezing, dehydrating, canning, right? So that's where that, that time management, sometimes it's kind of challenging because yes, you're taking time to do things in the garden, but then you're harvesting. And then what do you do with all of those things? So I just, again, I think about it as in I do what I can when I can, and it should be something that brings me joy and not stress me out.
1: I love that. Especially when you think about like you, you talked about canning and preserving and dehydrating and that's that's a, a spot that kind of is a goal of mine in the future would be to start down that road, you know, but I haven't ever had nearly enough uh, production <laughs> to make anything more than maybe just a jar of refrigerator pickles. And, but I'll tell you what, that was the best pickle I ever had because it was mine and I just winged it and it was okay.
0: Yeah. That's, you know, that's the best part.
1: How do you know what to grow to Tawny, like how do you choose what you're going to grow for your homestead
0: so in terms of like choice and selection i think that it's really what you are likely to consume okay and what you enjoy eating and then it's also just i grow things out of curiosity so let me go down the first path a my answer of grow things that you enjoy eating Okay. So when I first um, started gardening, of course, we want the basic things, right? Tomatoes and then peppers, zucchini. Okay. Then I started adding some other crops, um, but it wasn't necessarily things that I was already normally eating. So a good example of that is eggplant. Okay. I started growing eggplant, but prior to that, I didn't really regularly buy them from the store, cook with them, order them off of any menu. So I started growing them just because they looked cool and they really are a beautiful plant. And But then it was kind of like, okay, I have all this eggplant. I don't really know what to do with it. So that's why I went back to, wait, why don't you grow things that you enjoy? You like green beans, grow that. You regularly eat carrots. You're always buying it from the store. Grow your own carrots. So my first thought when I think about selection is grow things that you will definitely eat because you already know that you like them. The second part of my answer is, is just out of curiosity. So when we get into gardening, we can kind of expand our horizon. And then you're just like, wow, I didn't even know some of these things existed. Kind of like a kohlrabi. Maybe a kohlrabi (laughs) was in the grocery store. But I never paid attention to it. I had no clue what it was. I would just walk right past it. But then as you're looking at seed catalogs or you follow other gardening accounts and you're seeing different vegetables, so then it's out of curiosity, well, what does a kohlrabi taste like? I'm going to grow my own and try it. So that selection is really around what will you most likely use and consume and then what things are you growing to expand your knowledge as a gardener about different varieties that are out there?
1: I love that answer. Do you, I, I have one more question that I think is kind of the, you know, as I, as I talk to people or they come over and they see, and I know you have this experience probably at your place, but as they see, you know, just even a simple garden, they'll say, oh, nothing will grow for me. Um, do you believe in the green thumb? that you have to have a green thumb in order to grow something?
0: No, I think it's part of the trial and error. And some people will try and fail and then give up. Remember, I had asked that question earlier, like what keeps you continuing on with this journey, given that you know, you have made some mistakes with gardening and things have failed. And like your example of your zucchini, you are picturing having a glut of zucchini to <laughs> eat and freeze and share with neighbors and friends, right? Like they say, like one zucchini can feed the whole neighborhood, but you grew one, you grew one and that's not what you were expecting. Right. Right. So the idea of nothing will grow for me is I think maybe they, they didn't continue to try And part of that trying is also understanding the different variables that need to change. Because if you keep doing the exact same thing and expect different results, then that's where you're just like banging your head against the wall. Like, right. so you have to be able to say, okay, well, you know, it didn't work that time. Assess what are some things, what are some variables, what are some factors that could have caused it? I don't know. Maybe there was an inconsistent watering pattern. Maybe the soil... Um, needs amendments. So again, like we talked about earlier, the placement, whatever someone tried growing requires a lot of hours of sunlight and it ended up being in the shade. Yeah. And so if people don't take the time to um, go through that process and try again, um, yes, you will have a, I guess, I don't know, is that a brown thumb, a black thumb? I'm not sure, but <laughs> a green thumb isn't something that just happens Easily and overnight, it takes time to get to that place to understand all the elements that um, goes into having a successful garden. And the other thing too is, is, as a gardener for many, many years, it is so different from year to year, season to season, oh, I could grow great. a certain plant a certain variety, like same seeds, even the same seed packet that I use from one year to the next. And you could have one summer where you will have um, a high level of production or productivity from one plant. And then the next year, just because the weather pattern or the season is just slightly different, the plant doesn't respond the same way, or you may have a pest of some sort that you didn't have the previous years. Mm -hmm. So from year to year, there's so many fluctuations. And so I have found that. There is nothing consistent from year to year with gardening. Success one year can mean failure another year for the exact same crop. And that's part of the lessons learned, right? Around the, it's a journey, keep trying. That
1: absolutely (laughs) makes me feel good, especially, you know, it makes me feel good to know um, that even the most experienced kind of homesteader um, or a veteran gardener like yourself who's been doing this for so long still has those kind of basic struggles that um, you know where do you place the plant and is it getting enough water and how you know what do I need to do with it why won't it grow um, so it's good to know that you know we're, we're still sharing those same common struggles but also the, sh- the same successes you know when, when it does produce and, and you have a, a crop of something.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, when it produces, I will say I'm grateful for everything that comes out of the garden, even if it's that one tomato. I'll give you a, a good example. There's a particular <laughs> tomato variety that I really like. It's called a carbon tomato. Okay. And it's an heirloom variety. It produces these nice big slicers. And I've, tr- I've grown it two years, um, or I've grown it uh, twice, two different seasons. And one season it produced fairly well, but I'll say the plant didn't like, I'd say have a lot of tomatoes, but the ones that did grow were nice and big. So sometimes it's not about how many you get, it's the quality that you get too. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the second season that I grew it, it definitely struggled. And I think it produced one tomato, (laughs) but I was so grateful for it because it's it's the taste, it's everything, right? It's something I can't just go to the store and buy. I'm so proud of that one tomato. So whether you are new to gardening, whether you've been gardening for three years or 30 years, we're always going to be so happy with anything that comes out of our garden.
1: Absolutely. And I think you brought up a good point too, that one of the things I didn't, you mentioned it um, earlier, but then you just brought it up again is Once you start kind of going a little bit further with different catalogs or different, um, you know, tomato festivals or something, you have no idea um, what's possible and what's out there. And that's one of the most exciting things um, about gardening is seeing the different types. Because if you go to this grocery store, it's going to be the same things in the same places. And so you think that all tomatoes are red or at least I did. And so to find out that there are, you know, multiple colors with different tastes and can be used for different things, that was really exciting for me. And it it allowed me the opportunity to really think about what I was going to grow. And what was I going to use it for as well?
0: Yeah. So speaking of going to grow, I'm curious now, what are some homesteading goals that you may have set for yourself this year or for this upcoming growing season?
1: Uh, well, I redid um, this year. I, I mentioned it earlier, I rebuilt my boxes. Um, so getting that going. And one of the things, see, here's a, a total beginner mistake too, for any listeners is uh, understanding that like one strawberry plant does not a harvest make. So really kind of, I think my goal is really understanding um, how many of something I need to get what I want. Um, you know, I want to grow strawberries. And so one plant isn't going to cut it. So now I know why they sell them in bulk or (laughs) different things like that. So my goal is, I think, to really just become an experiment a little bit, Um, try the zucchini again, and really just hone the basics, things like water, amending soil, um, proper placement, Now, if you had asked me five years ago, if I was willing to do all of that, I would have said, no, absolutely not. And I don't want to garden because of that. But I started just sticking things in the ground and seeing what happens. And and here I am, you know, I'm going to experiment with amending soil and, you know, tinkering with the watering schedule rather than just turn the hose on it once every couple of days when it looks sad. So that's going to be my goal, I think, is to really just hone the basic pieces that that every successful garden should have.
0: All right. Well, I wish you luck on this upcoming season. I hope you, you, (laughs) you I hope you have lots of time to get out and get dirty and that you have lots of days with dirt manicures, right? Like
1: let's get dirty. Let's get dirty. That's right. So
0: Thank you, Nick, for being a guest on our very first Ask a Homesteader segment. Oh, I enjoyed so it. Thank you. Yeah. I enjoyed our time together talking about one of my favorite things, which is gardening. So remember no matter where you are on your homesteading journey, we hope to learn and grow alongside you. Besides following this podcast, you can visit our website at tlcminifarm.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram at tlcminifarm. Message us on Instagram if you are interested in being a guest for a future episode of Ask a Homesteader. Until next time, happy homesteading, everyone.